Okay, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Uh, welcome to Free Association. It's just coming up to 8pm on the 6th of July 2022 here in Newcastle. And uh, what a couple of days we've had. We've got uh, the Boris Johnson's cabinet in meltdown yesterday. We've had 38 more resignations round round the round the outside of the cabinet there was a couple of cabinet like kind of junior level cabinet people went but pre- permanent private secretaries and all the kind of peripheral jobs 38 people have resigned from Boris Johnson's government and it looks like pretty Patel and Michael Gove are telling him he's got to go Michael Gove has said that he'll resign if Boris Johnson doesn't go. I don't know whether Priti Patel said that, but according to the reports that I've been seeing, let me turn my mic up. Okay, here we go. Why this does it every time? I don't know. Okay, that's it, Ben. Okay, so 38 people have left Boris Johnson's cabinet in the last two days, just today, actually. Rishi Sunak last night, Sajid Javid last night. Uh, he's now been asked by his cabinet to resign. Uh, the chair of the 1922 committee is sneaked in by the side door of another building. It was an interconnecting building, so we know that we know that he's going to see the prime minister. Boris Johnson won't resign. He won't resign unless there's absolutely no choice. He always fronts it. He always lies his way out. He's been lying his way out for 20 years. I mean, you, I knew he was a liar 20 years ago. You don't need to be a genius to see that he lies. And he lies a lot. And he's got away with it because nobody calls him out on it. That's that's basically the problem. The Tory party's put themselves in a, in a position where they've got a a leader that just lies his way out of everything. And because they chose him to sort Brexit out, because he was the man that would would get them elected, they've put up with it. They should never, ever have put him in charge. Never put him in charge. Honestly, it's it's such a bad judgment. So they'll, they'll suffer for it for many, many years to come. The Tories have been in power for what, 12, 13, 12 years? And we've had, we've had David Cameron in coalition, we've had uh, Theresa May, and we've had Boris Johnson. And they've made a, made a bit of a dog's breakfast of the whole thing, really. Hi, Angie. How are you doing? Uh, it's a bit of a busy, busy time, isn't it? It's a busy time. Sorry, I'm, I'm on a bit of a rant, but you're welcome to call in if you want to have a chat. I was just watching the news up uh, a few minutes ago, and 38 people have resigned in the last two days. <laughs> yeah, I don't rant very often, but honestly, I don't like Boris Johnson. I don't like him at all. I never have. I just I can't stand the man. I mean, it's been patently obvious that he's just been lying his way out of trouble for the last 20 years. Yeah, he's a twat, you're absolutely right. 
in no uncertain terms. He's uh, he's got no morality. He's got no sense of propriety at all. He just fucks his way through through the 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 Eaton and Harrow set basically, leaving leaving babies all around the place. He's, he's just got no, no sense of anything, really. He should never have been Prime Minister. should never have been Prime Minister. Uh, I, get, I, get ang- I get angry when I think about it. I watched him, well, I was listening to him, I watched him on YouTube when, when the Brexit thing was happening. He was in Parliament talking about Brexit. And I got so angry, man, so, so angry. And, no, and nobody really gets me that angry. I mean, I, I, I had a lot of anger in me to get out, but he, he got it out of me. I was sitting in a bar in, in, in Felon with a, with a beer, and I just started muttering under my breath. And then I started shout, shouting, at, shouting at him. And just, anybody who was prepared to listen, there was only four people in the bar, fortunately, so I didn't make that much of a prat of myself. But honestly, I just so angry. I got so angry. And it was it was Johnson. It's Johnson. It's like I know you either love him or hate him. He's one of those people you where you either love him or hate him. And I say I don't like liars. I don't like liars at all. It's one of the things. Say you say I do my best not to not to lie about stuff. And you can't you can't always tell the truth. I mean, it's it, obviously there are circumstances where it's. You've got to be diplomatic and you've got to be thinking about the future or whatever. You've got to, you can't just tell people what you think all the time. But at the same time, it's like if you, if you open your mouth and the only thing that comes out is a lie, there's something wrong with you. There's something psychologically wrong with you. So I don't think he's right in the head, quite honestly. I don't think Eaton, Harrow and Oxford do anybody any favours. Or Westminster and Oxford or wherever it is these people come from. It's like they're being indoctrinated and they're being brainwashed all the way down the line. And then we get we get to the end of it, they end up in charge and they fuck the whole thing up. Because they've been indoctrinated and they've been brainwashed all the way down the line. So nothing ever changes because because they're absorbing the old school system, the old boys network and all of that. And it just, it's ridiculous, man. It's just totally ridiculous. So I'm going to play some clips because there's loads of stuff. Hello, Mr. Dart. (laughs) Oh, I wondered who you were. Uh... How are you doing, man? I've got some clips to play, but they're all GB News, so you've probably heard them already. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to play play about 20 minutes of clips. Um, if you want to jump on and have a chat, you're welcome to. I'm, I'm quite happy for that, but I want to play, play these clips as well.
It's a, it's a strange thing. I ended up, I had to have a couple of accounts at one point. I remember that, that, that this time last year, this was at this time last, just like May last year, I ran out of money and I had to start a new account because I couldn't afford, I couldn't afford to pay for it. So it's, it's one of those things. There's always a way around these things. You can always get another another Gmail email, can't you? No, I've not been. I've not been to Spain in about twenty years. Angie, so that's not me. Um, yeah, let's just let's do these clips and then we can have a chat afterwards if you like. No, I'm in Newcastle. Uh, last time I was in Spain, I was in. I went to Barcelona a couple of times, couple of times, and I went to Madrid. Those are the only times I've been in Spain, and that was. Ooh, 20, 20 odd years ago. Right, let me let me get organised a little bit. Okay, I've got to use two different browsers. Podbean doesn't work with Firefox. Honestly, you don't need to sort that out. Because I like Firefox. All right, no, that's not me. That's not me. Uh, I'm going to have a moan about Podbean not supporting Firefox now, because I'm in I'm in ranting mode. So it's like when I'm logging on to I'm logging on to BT Wi-Fi. I use Firefox for that, and then I've got to switch over to to use Edge or Chrome for Podbean, which means I've got two browsers running. Now I don't need two browsers running. Yeah, it is Mozilla. It was good stuff back in the day. It's kind of been overtaken now by all the stuff that's based on Chromium, but I like Firefox. And I like open source stuff. I prefer to use open source than anything else. If I can, it's not always possible, but I do I do my best. I do try, if not if at all possible. But um yeah, I mean, Edge is based on Chromium. Chrome's based on Chromium, so they're more or less the same browser. I think Brave's based on Chromium as well now. So there's three that are based on the same open source project. But there's lots of there's lots of places where you can only use you can only use Chrome now. I mean, Podbean only works on Chromium-based browsers. Uh, was it Mixcloud only works on Chromium-based browsers? So there must be something, something in there, the way they work, something in the way they support and stuff. Anyway, let's have a let's have a look at this because it'll take me no time at all. So I've got all this stuff set up in a, a playlist. So let's just work me with that. Talk amongst yourselves for a couple of minutes while I set this up. I should probably just play some music just to cover the 
clicking noises but I'm not going to so there you go you know some of this is some of this has got Nigel Farage on it which it's not necessarily my favorite way of dealing with things but here we go Here's some some clips from GB News from about the last hour is, as you just said, the time is up. Cabinet ministers who've only been appointed 24 hours ago have come to that conclusion. Uh, and I think the message is absolutely clear. He's got to go at some point, go gracefully, uh, don't make other threats, uh, because even uh, Boris loyalists who were with him last night at the meeting uh, that he held, I've spoken to them and they said, time is up, that's it, end of. or just a tactic, a negotiating tactic being used by the Prime Minister to threaten a snap election? Um, it might be a negotiating tactic, but everybody is making clear to the Prime Minister two things. A, that neither the party nor the country want an election. Uh, and secondly, it's actually not solely within his gift. The, the Conservative Party has a very substantial majority, and it would be quite reasonable under legislation um, and confirmed in debates in the House of Lords on January the 25th that if the Prime Minister goes, it would be perfectly right for the uh, Palace to say, we'll ask another person in the Conservative Party to try and form a government. So it's a false threat. Uh, he'd probably lose his own seat uh, and he would um, be seen to be acting against the nation's interests and therefore other people would intervene. Lord Hayward, if it is tonight that we see the end of Prime Minister Boris Johnson and people maybe just switching on to learn that, what will it have been that's done for him in the end? Because there'll be people looking at the Chris Pincher affair thinking, that's not why a, a Prime Minister should leave office. Is it a steady accumulation, drip feed of things or, or any, something else that we haven't thought of? It's a steady attrition over the last eight months. Boris is a unique personality. He's not like any other prime minister of any party that we've had in this country. And he's attracted people to vote for him. Um, but it's on the basis of his personality, which was the great asset that he had. But equally, that great asset is now his detriment. Uh, and people are saying time is up. Uh, we can't let you go without, since we're into this now, who should be the next prime minister? Give us a name. Uh, I genuinely don't know. The ebbs and flows are absolutely enormous. I think if I made one or two observations, I'd say Liz Truss, her star has been waning somewhat. Rishis is on his way back. Uh, Rishi Sunak uh, and Penny Morden would be a serious contender from outside the cabinet. Lord Haywood, we appreciate your time. Thanks very much indeed for it. Should be moving on. Let me move it on as it's not happened automatically. Here we go. Extra political marketing 
at the University of Leicester. Professor, uh, welcome to you. Uh, one thing people, even people who would, uh, are self-declared uh, fans of Boris Johnson, I include myself in that number, uh, are looking at now is a situation where you think there have been so many resets, there have been so many big ideas, there's nothing he can do to save his skin now. I think that's right, Colin. It's very difficult to see how he could get out of this. Um, I guess he thinks he can tough it out, um, and that's probably what he'll try and do. But but with people like Michael Gove, Priti Patel, uh, even uh, Nadim Zawiya, I understand, uh, saying that he should go, uh, or about to say he should go, then I think it's uh, his position is pretty untenable. Should he have an eye? I mean, I come at this from your perspective as a, as a professor of political marketing. Should he have an eye, do you think, on the way we market our system of democracy? Because uh, you know, people can make all kinds of high-minded claims about the importance of probity and you know, um, doing the right thing. But there does come a point where actually, and you saw it in that liaison committee meeting, where there's so much bad blood that you have to make a clean sweep of it. I think I think it's you're right to point out that there's a serious difficulty with um, with trust in our system at the moment, and that is down to him. It's not down to uh, okay. We've had the situation with Chris uh, Pincher, of course, but but it's largely a lot of the problems that, that the voter has with this government are problems with Boris Johnson and not problems with the Conservative Party in general. So he's starting to um, make them look uh, a little bit unelectable, um, which is interesting because there's no real opposition. So I think what would happen at the if there were an election now, what would happen is Labour would get in, but a lot of Tory voters, I think, would probably abstain rather than shifting over, and that's really bad news for the Conservative Party. Paul, I suspect uh, at the various newspapers, what we used to call Fleet Street, Fleet Street, they'll be dusting down the political obituaries for Boris Johnson, uh, and some of them will be thinking about what is, as, as a as a, as a classical, a student of classics, uh, what his fatal flaw was. Does he have one? What is it? I, I, it's telling the truth, isn't it? It's his inability to uh, to to uh, to always tell the truth. He, he obfuscates, and whilst politicians, to some to some extent, have to do this a little bit because there is uncertainty in in, in lots of things. And, um, it does look bad if they're constantly saying they don't know what's going on and so on. So sometimes they have to fudge things uh, a little bit. But there's a big difference between, uh, you know, not uh, uh, fudging things and, and exaggerating things and outright lying. And it, it seems that this uh, episode of, of, of lying associated with Chris Bencher has, has just finished him off. It's, it's the straw that broke the camel's back, I think. Professor Paul Baines, we appreciate you. McCaffrey, GB News's political editor. Darren. Hello, Nigel. Quite an incredible day, isn't it? I mean, I don't remember a day in politics like this, and we've had some pretty tumultuous days over the last six, seven years. Right now, I think I'm going to sense that some of the cabinet ministers who've been in talking to Boris Johnson may well be leaving. There are cars lining up here in Darling Street. Kit Malthouse, policing minister, very, very
very loyal to Boris Johnson recently. He's just left the cabinet office, refusing to comment upon from saying it's been a very difficult day. But what we've seen today is a whole series of cabinet ministers traipsing into number 10. We believe they've all spoken to the prime minister individually rather than as a collective. Some of them, most of them it appears, telling the prime minister, frankly, the game is up. You need to go. Not least of all, because as you've rightly pointed out, all those resignations have got to a point where it's getting difficult for the government to actually function. There simply will not be enough Conservative MPs to fill those roles rather extraordinarily. And yet we believe, you can see some of the cars now pulling up, uh, as I say, outside down the street. It'll get to the point where we believe Boris Johnson, though, is still refusing to budge and where he is suggesting he may well want to still put this to a vote amongst a uh, Tory uh, parliamentary party, even though that looks frankly like he will lose. And the reason I say that, Graham Brady's also gone in quite recently, I, I think to give what he called wise counsel, i.e., that it's clear today, given the numerous, very public letters of no confidence in Boris Johnson, that he does not retain the support of the Conservative Parliamentary Party. So is this, Darren, is this the 1990 moment? Is this like the moment when Thatcher went, when the Cabinet said they could no longer support her? Does this happen tonight, in your view? You know what, I, I would say more likely than not, yes, and that's something I thought pretty much since the start of today, given the sheer momentum we've seen behind it. In saying that, we are dealing with Boris Johnson, and he is someone... I mean, if this was almost any other leader, they would have already gone by now. Is there a possibility he may well try and extend this out a little bit longer, even though it will, frankly, be quite humiliating? That is also entirely possible. Interestingly, of course, the 1922 committee decided not to change the rules uh, tonight in terms of the leadership vote, because I think they thought, well, in the end, he's going to be gone. It's not going uh, to matter. The next couple of hours will essentially decide things, Given that you've got potentially even Nadine Zahari and Michelle Dolan, two people who were appointed as Chancellor and Education Secretary by Boris Johnson less than 24 hours ago, and they are inside saying the game is up. I mean, how do you get through that? Maybe he'll try. <laughs> Maybe he does want to be literally dragged out kicking and screaming. I mean, this is, I mean, I, the only parallel I can think is those rows over Gordon Brown after the election uh, when those around him were telling time is up. But yeah. you know, I think it will get to the point, as I say, where ministers are saying, cabinet ministers are saying, you know what, Prime Minister, this is not about you. This is about the fact that the government, at a time of economic crisis and at a time of a war in Europe, will not be able to function if you remain in charge. Good evening. Well, last night I made the point that it wasn't just Boris Johnson's career that was being dragged down. It was actually the whole reputation and brand of the Conservative Party and indeed the broader Conservative movement in this country. And I've been making the point to many of you who are still ardent Boris Johnson supporters that he's lost a third of those people that voted Conservative in December 2019. Well, overnight, some polling from YouGov proves me wrong, proves me very, very wide of the mark. Overnight, YouGov's figure is that 54% of those who voted Conservative in 2019 want him gone as Prime Minister. It is a combination of incompetence and, frankly, downright lies. There is no getting away from it that right throughout this Chris Pincher affair, 
there have been untruths and outright lies told by many in senior positions in government. And you know, after Partygate and so many other sagas, enough is enough. So I think we are right now very, very close to the end. It has resulted in a large number of resignations. Let's just go through. Let's just get a feel for the magnitude of what has happened in the last 48 hours. It began, of course, with Sajid Javid resigning. We then had Rishi Sunak resign. We then had Alex Chalk resigns. Yes, another one bites the dust. And we go on to Will Quince. Will Quince, who was sent out to do media on behalf of the government. And yes, with Will Quince this morning, another one bites the dust. And we go on to Robin Walker, to Victoria Atkins, to Joe Churchill, to Stuart Andrew, to Kemi Badnock, to Neil O'Brien. And if I kept going, even though we got a two-hour special, a lot of the show would be gone because there are 28 more names to add to that list. It is a grand total of 38 people who've resigned from ministerial positions from the government payroll that they were on in some form. I can't think of any historical precedent for it. I'll be joined by David Starkey and we'll talk about that. But I have to say this. What is going on behind that door in number 10 now must be something like the gunfight at the OK Corral. Because, of course, Nadine Doris is there still flying the flag for Boris Johnson. But we are reliably informed that Priti Patel, Brandon Lewis, perhaps even the chief whip, Chris Heaton-Harris and others, are there to tell the Prime Minister that the game is up. He had a very tough time this afternoon, appearing before the committee in the House of Commons, a difficult time during PMQs. For Johnson himself, it will be a personal tragedy, because all he ever wanted to be was Prime Minister. But I'm afraid, and I said it once before in this little talk, and I'll say it again, a combination of incompetence and lies have done for him. Does he resign this evening? Well, I would still say there's a 50% chance that he does. I'll be with you till nine o'clock and we'll bring you all of the breaking news. And my thought for this, as I said to you last night, this doesn't have to be a disaster for the Conservative Party. It could be a real opportunity. It could be the chance for a reset. Can the Tories be saved from going over the electoral cliff at the next election. Let me know your thoughts. Farage at gbnews.uk. All right, that's uh, that's the last of the clips I want to play. And we just about hit half an hour, so that's about the right time and for a show. But honestly, it's been it's been a remarkable couple of days. The BBC is still reporting that Boris Johnson won't go, which means that Michael Gove's going to have to go because he said that he'll go. Um, I don't know what Pretty Patel can say to him. And he has to know that, that he's not going to last. He has to know that he's going to have to... If he's the only person left in the Cabinet, he can't possibly stay, can he? How many people are going to join a Cabinet that's obviously a sinking ship? Nobody's going to, nobody's going to want to join it. Nobody's going to want the job. No matter what the job is. 
Anyway, that's enough for now. Uh, I may be back before midnight with another show. If he resigns, I'll definitely jump on. But uh, for the time being, uh, thanks for listening. I'll see you again soon.